Round one is here. Welcome back to Inside the NRL. Let's take a look at what's coming up. North Queensland Stadium has been declared a sellout. We catch up with the Cowboys skipper Michael Morgan. Plus, will Roger Tulbasashek be fit for his Warriors? And Darius Boyd announces his retirement, but just how will his career swan song play out? It's the week we have all been waiting for. The NRL Telstra Premiership in 2020 is back. New Year, clean slate. And of course, that means season predictions. Gents, Michael Chamis, Jamie Soward, are you confident in your choices? Oh, I tipped Barry to come last last year, so no, I'm not confident. Look, I, I can't wait for Thursday night. You know, sell out crowd at Bank West. I think that um, yeah, the season is underway, but I'm quietly confident that I think I've got a fair bit of the top eight right. Yeah, I think one of the grand finalists from last year will be there again. Which one, I'm not too sure. I think the Raiders, but who knows? We'll find out a bit more later. Well, you are a little bit sure. Let's get straight into it. Let's look at your top eight. Who have you got and where and why? Yeah, look... I I'm of the opinion at least two will drop out from last year. For me, I've left Brisbane out of that top eight. I think they will struggle uh, in 2020. I've brought the Dragons in and I've brought uh, the Knights in. I, I like what Adam O'Brien has done to that team in Newcastle. I think they'll be a different football team, a far more disciplined football team, and they'll have a stronger you know, mentality around them. That's the, the talk around Newcastle. There's a lot more intensity around training. So I think the Knights will be there. I think the Eels will be the team to beat, though. I, I really like the roster that Brad Arthur has assembled. They haven't got a weakness in that 17. So the Eels, for mine, are the team to beat. Apart from being a fan, what about the Dragons has got you thinking they're going to be in the eight? Because well, you're the only person I've seen put them in the eight. Well, to be fair, every time I think the Dragons will do well, they fail. And every time I think they'll do terribly, they do well. So <laughs> I think they'll do terribly this year. So I've put them in my eight. Reverse psychology. So. Yeah, I, I did that <laughs> well, in my top eight. Yeah, they, ha they have. They, when the expectation is there, they struggle, Jamie. And, and, and I know you've watched the Dragons closely over the years, but they don't deal with that well. And then a couple of years back, we saw how good they were when no one expected them to be. So, Jamie, he's taken all the pressure off the Dragons because they're watching very closely at what Michael is doing. Now, let's talk about your top eight. <laughs> Who have you got in your top eight? Yeah, I don't think there'll be much change. I've only got one change of my teams that made the top eight last year, just in a different order. I think the Penrith Panthers, uh, with Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai, will be able to make the jump into six there. But other than that, there's just a bit of reordering. Uh, I made the mistake last year of riding the storm off and, and got them to finish eighth. They ended up finishing you know, in that top two. So, uh, I think this year, yeah, they... They still stay up there. They're just better in the regular season than other teams. They know how to win away. They know how to win gritty. They know when they're tired, they can still get up for those games. So, uh, But I agree with my counterpart here, Michael. I think that the Parramatta Reels, it is made for them to win the comp or finish in that top two or three this year and have a home semi-final and play in a grand final because Bank West is, at the moment, until we see the Cowboys Stadium, obviously, mm. it's the best place for them to, 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 for footy to be played and they're going to be able to reap all those rewards. You and I both both left out the Sharks from that eight. Mm. Why? I, I wrote, I did power rankings today, and there's a lot of disruption in and around the Sharks. They never seem settled. And it, never hear how good they've had a week of training. It always seems to be a drama, whether it's off-field or on-field. And, you know, fully, if they're all fully fit, you know, Moylan, Dugan, Morris, all those guys, then they are a force to be reckoned with. But... I think last year probably got turned off a little bit with the Sharks on how Sean Johnson adapted to playing outside Chad Townsend. Chad Townsend was their best player last year. 
and Sean Johnson for me didn't really live up to what they needed from him week after week. So I've got them missing out. I think it might be a little bit of a slow start until they sort these outside backs out. And you know, they haven't shown uh, in last year that they can get the best team on the field week after week. You mentioned their outside backs. We'll have an update of that in the Chemist Warehouse Casualty Ward. But I've picked my top eight, uh, the predicted top eight. And I've actually gone with South Sydney Rabbitohs uh, to be there at the end of 25 rounds, along with the Raiders. Uh, I had my Knights in the top eight as well as uh, you, Michael. And um, I think my differences was I have the Cowboys in the eight. I cannot see them missing the eight this year. I know you didn't want to put uh, pressure on the Dragons, so you put them in your eight, but I'm a Titans fan. I kept them out of the eight for the first time that I've ever tipped because I thought reverse psychology, maybe no pressure, uh, and Justin Holbrook can lead the Titans to a top eight finish. They'll be better. The Titans will be better. I don't think they'll make the eight, but... Yeah. Well, interesting you had bunnies for me up the top because that's going to be one of the best spines in the competition yeah. if it clicks. Yeah. It's the forward pack to be able to get them on the front foot to be able to give them opportunity. So um, I, I think the Cowboys, if they don't get it right early mm. in that big stadium, and we talk about Friday night, they may be chasing their tails for the rest of the year. So you may find that it takes one or two weeks. Brisbane get up there, they play in front of a big crowd, you know, all against them. If they go 0-1 at home, then all of a sudden Val doesn't have a great game, Michael Morgan's still working things out with his new halves partner. It's like the last two years. They just keep chasing their tail the whole year and they miss the eight. Yeah, for sure. And I think my only concern for the South Sydney Rabbitohs is if the forwards don't work. But I think if there's a person to do it, Wayne Bennett can get that team clicking. All right, Premiers, who is your choice to take out the Premiership, Michael? Yeah, we've, we discussed it. Parramatta for mine. I think, uh, look, you, you can't ignore the Roosters. They're, they're going to be... They're going to be there or thereabouts, and they're still a good football team, even without Latrell Mitchell and Cooper Cronk. But you just you want someone different. You want to pick someone different. And for me, that is Parramatta. I think Mitchell Moses is in for a big year. I think Clint Gutherson is in for a big year. And that forward pack is as good as you're going to get. And Junior Paulo, Regan Campbell-Gillard up front, and Sean Lane with Ryan Madison and Nathan Brown. It's as good as you're going to get. Yeah, if they can win away from home this year, they'll certainly put themselves in a position. Uh, I like Canberra. I think Canberra and Parra will sort of be in and around that grand final mix. But the Roosters, you can't write them off. You can't write Melbourne off. That's why I don't think there'll be many changes inside that top eight. Uh, but Canberra, yeah, if you lose one like that, when they probably should have won, um, yeah, they just got out, I guess, played in the big moments. So I'm expecting those teams to be back there again. But um, Parramatta have got the most expectation of any club this year in 2020. The only weakness in Parramatta is the depth around the hooker role because without Reid Marnie, they probably haven't got a lot. So as long as they are fit... Yeah, but they, they, they've got options. They've got, they can play Nathan Brown, they can play Jamin Salmon. They've Will got Smith. guys that can come in. Will Smith. Yeah. yeah, guys that... It's important to have a good squad if you're going to win the competition because you're going to have games where maybe Reid Marnie is rested throughout the year. If they start 5-0 and or 4-1, four, four and one, maybe he just goes, right, we'll just hold you back this week. Will Smith comes in, plays 20 minutes, Nathan Brown, they get the job done. Okay. They've got a big enough forward pack to yeah. be able to move Nathan Brown around. That's the luxury, Brad. And, and the biggest challenge for them is dealing with the expectation. They haven't had to deal with this before. Those Parramatta fans biggest challenge for them is winning away from Sydney. Well, they don't have to do that often. Yeah, but <laughs> winning, winning outside Bank West. Yeah. Let's talk about the big improver. I like this one. This one is for the Dark Horse. So this has to be a team that wasn't in the eight last year. And if we take a look at the screen, it is... A definitely a trend. History shows that a team that didn't make the eight, Raiders the most recent, 10th, then last year, of course, finished fourth. 
went on to be runner-up. Who is your pick to be Dark Horse, Jamie? Yeah, I've got the Penrith Panthers. I think last year they massively underachieved uh, with a couple of other teams. But, you know, this year we've heard a lot of talk about Jerome Luai for a long time and the combination with Nathan Cleary. Uh, but Apo Corusau, for me, is the key to that unlocking that attack. So I think they're the big movers in 2020. What about for you, Michael? For me, it's Newcastle. Touched on it earlier. I yep. think if Caelan clicks with Mitchell Pearce and David Clemmer, with a coach who knows what he, you know, what he wants from his team, they'll make the top eight. Okay. Is it too early to talk about Delia medalist? We're going to do it anyway. We need your male picks. I know a ball hasn't been kicked, but who do you have, Michael? Uh, Mitchell Moses for me. I think he's about to, you know, enter that superstar category in the game. We've seen James Tedesco do it over the last few years. He's good mate from the Tigers. I think this is now made for Mitchell Moses to be the dominant playmaker, not only at the club but in the NRL. We saw bits and pieces of that last year, and he led. Led the Eels to the finals. Uh, I think this is his year to, to, to win that Dally M. Yeah, don't, don't worry, viewers. I'm <laughs> going to agree with him, but it'll only be uh, early on in the season. I think Mitchell Moses will be up there as well. Uh, he has all the tools around him now, and, and his game looks like it's matured to a level where he's comfortable within himself uh, to take the pressures on and not look around to blame other players when things aren't going right. So I think he'll be there. James Tedesco, Josh Hodgson as well. If yeah, Tom, the, you've the, got to pick the players. Yeah, I said Moses. But uh, those so you're going to go with Moses around it as well. So okay. the, the the competition doesn't change much from year to year in terms of that elite talent. And yeah. now it's yeah, those guys are in that bracket. We're going to see if Mitchell Moses can make the jump up into that elite bracket. Okay, so you've both agreed on the same for the male Dahlia medalist. That's yes. nice. There's going to be some peace and quiet <laughs> at the end of the season. What about for female Dahlia medals to be you? Uh, look, I've gone Maddie Studden. Obviously, she had a, a breakout year last year. Obviously, had some disappointments 12 months prior, but she's, I think she's primed for a big year. Obviously, Jess Surges last year was incredible, but I think uh, Maddie Studden's in for a big year. Yeah, Dragons are in yeah, for a big year. If they don't win it this year, they're, they're going to be really... They have to look at what they're doing down there because they've bought really well. Uh, I think Chelsea learned to do too. This front row is just, it's time that a forward gets rewarded for the game. And you see how she's made so many strides in her game. She was their best, one of their best players for the Broncos over in the nines. And I think she's going to take the, the competition by storm. I like it. I like both of your choices. Uh, Chelsea Lenarduzzi, her nickname is Sock Bay. She has more than 200 pairs of socks, believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rookie of the Year, you've both gone for uh, different halfbacks. Michael, you tell me a bit about your choice. Yeah, I've gone with Penrith's Matt Burden. I don't, he won't start the year in first grade, but we saw a, a little taste of him last year, and I, I like what he offers. He's a, he's a big boy. He's obviously a, big, a bit bigger than your, your usual half, but I think he'll get a chance in the halves with Nathan Cleary. And just what he can do, we saw a little bit of that, you know, with that deft touch with his boot. I think he's going to be something special. Yeah, he's a great young kid. Uh, I, I like to see the rookies. We don't really know what coaches are thinking in terms of injuries and who gets thrown in there, but Brandon Wakeham, I thought he was going to be the starting half, and it looks like he may be for the Bulldogs on Thursday night. His maturity levels playing for Fiji and having to boss those guys around all those rep players, uh, he's taken a lot of stride in getting his game right. So I think, uh, having watched him a couple of times last year, I think he's going to be the rookie of the year. Some footy fans might not even know who he is, but he was even a contender for Golden Boot, which is crazy. Yeah. 23. <laughs> All right, uh, now, you've both gone with halfbacks, and then I'm also concerned you've both agreed on the wooden spurners for 2020 as well. Is it any surprise that you've both gone for the New Zealand Warriors? No. Uh, you, when you pick a... No-one wants to pick a wooden spooner, and having talked to a few players, and they say, oh, you tipped us to come here, and, you know, this and that, and... No one wants to tip a wooden spooner, but it's part of our job to do it. And you, and you look at the squad from 1 to 30, and the Warriors, unfortunately, haven't made purchases in the areas that they need to. And there's a lot of uncertainty still around who is the number six outside Blake Green from week to week. Is it Chanel Harris-DeVita, who was great last year without Blake Green? And then you've got Adam Kieran as well. 
Blake Green's off contract, so I think that they'll get the wooden spoon this year. Yeah, I'm worried about what happens in New Zealand this year. They let go of Sean Johnson in the hope of building something in the in the years to follow, and that seems not better than what it was 12 months ago. So I think the Warriors in for a world of pain. OK, well, they've got 25 rounds to prove themselves. But, Michael, today in the Sydney Morning Herald, you did have an article that had a poll as well asking um, if you could sign any NRL player, who would it be? And it was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, we asked the club chairs and CEOs as part of that poll and Tom Trebojevic, I, I expected James Tedesco would win this comfortably, but Tom Trebojevic with almost a quarter of the votes uh, topped that list there. And look, to be honest, it's hard to argue when he's fit because I think Tom's, he's at where James Tedesco was four years ago. Injury plagued, he plays so well when he does, but his body's letting him down. If he goes through a run that Tedesco goes through with his body, and then he can be anything. Yeah, it depends what you're looking for. If you're signing just for one year, I mean, it has to be Cameron Smith. He's still the best player in the game. So, But if you're going off you know, five years, six years, seven years, I like Cameron Murray. I think you know, he holds himself very, very well, can play in the middle, looks like he's going to be versatile, so I'd have him. OK. Well, Michael, you did your poll, <laughs> so we've actually done a bit of our poll. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, we, we have. But, um, no, don't you smile. Don't you smile. <laughs> Here we go. We've gone Here to the players go. to ask a bit about you two and who they'd pick if they'd go Team Chamis or Team Jamie. But before we hear from the players, <laughs> who do you both think? Do either of you have confidence that you have the players backing you? You, are either of you confident? Always, uh, He's friends with a lot more players than what I am. I, as soon as I finish here, I go back in. As soon as you've finished, what about when you... Oh, I thought, I thought you mean when you finished your career. No, I don't, I don't socialise with the players too much, so <laughs> probably I might be a landslide to the little fella. What? You, you, you're doubting yourself? He's, he's, yeah. No, I That's hope part not, of the strategy. He doesn't sell himself very well. I hope not. Comes what about from yourself, Michael? Comp. Do, you, do you think you've got this in the back? Oh, look, probably not. They hate me. You, you write talk things, to a lot write, of players. Yeah, but when you write things about them, they learn to hate you. So, right. unfortunately, I think I'm going to be in that category. Oh, I thought you guys were going to come out real confident. Let's take a listen to what the players have to say. Sowie, <laughs> because he's a brother boy. <laughs> I'll have to say Sowie. Just Team Sowie, you know, he just always backs me up. Come on, man. Whoever I say is not going to just pizzle us. <laughs> I've got to go Team Sowie. Will this come back to bite me? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Team Sowie. Team Soured. I don't have to go to Team I don't know, I like Pick me on this celebrity game in the NBA, NBL, so um, yeah, Team Sowie. I've got to make a player before the journalist. He's a former player, played against Jamie, so I want to jump on his team. Every time I watch it, he's um, saying some good stuff about the old guys because he used to be in my shoes and I'm older. I'm, I'm going to say both. You can't. Sit on team the fence. Team Katie Brown. I'm going to yeah, yeah, I'm going to sit on the fence. I'll probably say Team Chamus. <laughs> team Chamus. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Thanks, boys. Well, some Another of the guys win. there, some of the guys there I thought for sure would have my back. Jake Tremoyevich, what are you doing? <laughs> I've looked <laughs> after that kid since he was a teenager. You're going to have to make some calls, mate, I think. I think a couple of the brothers looking after me there. Oh, it's unbelievable. I, I was actually—I thought you were going more confident than that, and I thought—I thought, I thought you both would. But well, I'm used to handing out L's to him when I argue him, so it's another one to the. Now he can be a humble, yeah. humble champion. Nah, thanks, boys. It was nice. Ask Aiden Caesar what he thinks about. <laughs> <laughs> See, there's always a dig. There's, he's just got to come back with just a little nibble. Fair and square. Yeah, I like. Anyway, I took.
took great joy out of that. Anyway, next we will have Michael Morgan on the show. But first, we know the Queensland Cowboys and the Brisbane Broncos rivalry is always huge up there in North Queensland. And of course, at Brisbane, let's take a look. This is just about the biggest rodeo anywhere in the world. Morgan crosses the 20. Goal! Yeah! scored in the corner. Anthony Milford's been the go-to man with the one point. And here he goes. goes back to Milford. He strikes it on the 40 metres. Got got it's got this thing from 40 metres out. Thurston's there. Thurston with a chance to win it. Thurston, he's done it again. Comes the hour. Comes the champion. 30 seconds left. Are they safe here, Brisbane? Can the Cowboys do it again? Thurston. Inside pass. They've got two tackles to win it. Turpin's got it in one hand. Turpin will score the match winner. It's really hard to believe just how good this showdown has been between these two clubs. Just about the biggest rodeo anywhere in the world. Well, these two Queensland teams never disappoint on the big stage. And I'm joined now by Michael Morgan, the North Queensland Cowboys skipper. Thanks for coming on Inside the NRL. No worries. Thanks for having me. Sorry, Only a few more nights. Pardon me? Sorry, I'm in my car. I was no, my that's car. okay. We know that we know that you were parked and nothing bad can happen. But, hey, yeah. uh, in a few nights, you play against the Brisbane Broncos. First game at North Queensland Stadium, you will lead the boys out. Does it feel a bit surreal? It does, yeah. It's a, it's a little bit strange, to be honest. Uh, it's the... Um, it's something I've never sort of done in my career, obviously, so it's a brand new first for me. Uh, but it is exciting. It's um, The whole town and community is excited. We spent a little bit of time there last week to um, have a look around and get used to the facilities. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a good night. Michael, obviously all eyes off the field will be on the stadium and yeah, obviously moving back in, a, a lot of excitement around that. But on the field, uh, the return of Valentine Holmes to Rugby League, can you talk a little bit about the, the hype up in North Queensland? Obviously, not just with the fans, but yourself as well and, and the players around what he can do for the team? Yeah, it, it is exciting. He's um, he's probably he's the type of player we haven't really had for a, a, a fair while now. He's someone who, you know, you can get the ball to him in space and he you know normally creates something from that. He's... He's, we've all seen how quick and powerful he is. So, um, look, he's he's gelled with the team really well too. You know, away from footy, he's fit in, you know, like he's been here for years. So um, I always knew that would be the case. I obviously have a good relationship with him, so I knew that wouldn't be a problem at all. Uh, but, look, he's um, he's had a really good pre-season. He's worked hard. He came back earlier than he had to from New York, so he could spend a, lot of, uh, spend a bit more time with the group and get used to it all. So... Um, yeah, look, I'm excited for him. It's, like you said, it's an exciting time for the club to have someone like him come home. Do you think, Michael, I know you two have a relationship off the field as well, but do you think he is the missing link that Cowboys have needed for so long? Um, oh, look, he's... Yeah, you know, you never sort of... You always hope to have those type of players in your team and there's not many sort of in the NRL, so you're, you're lucky when you do come across, um, I guess, someone like him or a player like him. Um, so, yeah, look, especially probably the last couple of years, we have missed that strike power and that bit of X factor in our team. So, look, him along with a couple of, a couple of other guys, um, yeah, they're, look, set for big years and it's certainly um, a handy pickup for us. Michael, it's a brand new spine for you with Val at the back and obviously Reese Robson as well, but it's the number six. You haven't really had a Haas partner settle in and play their game and be able to compliment you. 
How are Jake Clifford and Scott Drinkwater going and are we going to see that combination uh, flourish off the back of what you've been able to teach them in the off-season? Uh, look, I hope we do. Um, they, they've had, they both had good pre-seasons though. You're right, last year, um, you know, in the halves, we were sort of thrown all over the place at times. Um, so it's not since, you know, probably Tamari in 17 where we've had a stable uh, halves pairing. So, um, look, it's... Um, it, it has been good. It's been a work in progress. Obviously, Val coming back changed things for Drinky. Bitty spent a bit more time training the halves through the preseason, but it hasn't bothered him. He's, you know, you look at the personality of him. Those little things don't really affect him at all. He's, um, you know, doesn't care what where he plays or what he does. He just sort of he just gets the ball if he sees something and and can create things. And he's, you know, he's a different player to, uh, to Cliffo. Cliffo is probably a bit more structured and organised and um, likes to know what's going on, whereas yeah, Drinky's a bit more off the cuff. So. Look, they'll both, I think, complement Val a lot. So, um, whoever Greeny goes with, I'm sure, um, yeah, you, they, the three of them together have done some good things. Michael, can you take us inside your frame of mind, mate, the last 18 months? Because your body, you know, it's plagued you a little bit. You haven't been able to, to get to the best footy you've played in previous years. Did you think your best was behind you? And, and how confident are you in your body being able to withhold the rigours of another season? Um, oh, look, I'm not... You know, I wouldn't say that my best is behind me. I like to think that I can get back to a decent standard of footy consistently. Um, I thought last year was, you know, up and down. Some games good, some games bad. Patches in games were good, and patches in games were bad. So, um, and that probably reflected our year a little bit with the inconsistency, whether it be positions or you know results. So, um, look, I'm I'm excited that it's my first full preseason for uh, I think since 2014. So it's the first one I I've either been here for the whole thing. Um, and whereas the one last year I was injured, so I've been fit the, the entire time. So, look, I'm hoping that puts me in a good position to, um, you know, to start off our year really well. While we're trying to, you know, build combinations and work out the way we really want to play, um, I'm hoping the work that I've done through this preseason has put me in good stead. Morgan, how have you been able to deal with the leadership? Obviously, a lot of turnover in terms of senior players the last couple of years. You lose JT, now Matt Scott. How does the captaincy sit with you now? And likely you're fully fit. Are you looking forward to taking on that leadership role a bit more? Yeah, I am. It, I, it sits well with me now. Last year, um, you know, there was a part of me that felt a, you know, felt a bit bad about it for Thumper. Um, obviously, being the leader here for so long. Um, so that sort of... Just being, I guess, my personality and the respect I have for, for Thumper um, probably made me doubt it a little bit. Whereas this year, um, yeah, I'm super keen to get into it. We've, like I said, I've, I said I've had a good preseason. Um, we've sort of got to a point where we want to be, and um, I'm, I'm happy with you know where I'm at with that. I've still got good guys around me. You know, Coop, Gav Cooper's still here. He's been around a long time. Um, Jason's really developed into a leader for us. Um, as have a few other guys. So look, there's still plenty of help around me. I don't feel like I've, you know, it's all on my shoulders or anything like that. Um, I'm lucky that there's still good guys around the club. Michael, you mentioned Thumper. That's of course Matt Scott. Can you get, just give us a quick update? How is he doing? Yeah, he's good. We um, caught up on the weekend and, you know, it was unfortunate the way his career finished. So he didn't really get to, I guess, reflect or, um, you know, do anything to celebrate his career last year. Um, so. The other night there was about 40 people we had a nice little dinner and um it was it was really good actually just to i guess it was a time to reflect on his career and um, appreciate everything he did do so i was very grateful to be a part of it and be there to see it so uh but yeah he's he's fit and healthy now and he's doing really well
great to hear. I know it was such a scary time when he did suffer that stroke, but we won't hold you up. I do just have to say congratulations. I know you and your wife, Brianna, are expecting your firstborn. So, fatherhood, look out. <laughs> yeah, I know. Thank you. Another exciting thing to happen this year. So, uh, mid-August, we're expecting it. So Yeah, that's yeah, great news. Um, congratulations. Well at the moment. Yes, Thank but you. first things first, football Friday night. Good luck. <laughs> Thank you very much. Do appreciate it. That game will be an absolute cracker up at Townsville, I'm sure. The whole town will be painted blue and yellow, don't you think, gents? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Dark blue. And that was gold. such an awkward pause. Like well, blue and yellow for Parramatta for a second. Parramatta. Yeah. Good segue, uh, Katie, into sweet and sour. <laughs> sweet, uh, look, sweet. I think the, the way that, um, that Parramatta have built it uh, this off season, and then also selling out Bank West. What an atmosphere that is going to be. I can't wait uh, for eight o'clock on for, on Thursday night. Beg your pardon. And you just you think of all the hype around a team, and you want to get out there. It's a real good chance for the Bulldogs, actually, because they've had a lot of hype with their young guys. But this Parramatta team, there is no weakness in 1-17. to 17, And to have 40,000, first game of the year, sell out, that house is going to absolutely be rocking. You heading out? Sweet. So you, you haven't Sweet. gone bitter yet. I want, I want the soured. Nah, we'll, we'll just wait and see what happens this weekend. <laughs> He'll come back firing next week. There'll be something that upsets him over the weekend. I like it. I like when Jamie's happy. It means everything's flowing nice and smoothly. <laughs> All right, it's now time for the Chemist Warehouse Casualty Ward. So this week into round one, of course, there are three skippers that are not going to be playing or very unlikely to play. Moses Embai will be sidelined for the West Tigers. Alex Glenn looking highly unlikely still with that hamstring issue. And then across the ditch, NRL.com reporter Corey Rosser did catch up with captain Roger Tuovasa-Shek, who is still uh, battling that foot injury. He said he couldn't put full weight on it, but the club are insisting that he is staying positive and could be back to play on Saturday night against South Sydney Rabbitohs. Gents, out of those three skippers, who is the most valuable out? Roger. No-brainer. Yeah. 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 It's... That'd be devastating for them, especially playing the Bunnies, who are going to look to try and make a statement early on. But uh, the Warriors need all hands on deck each week. They cannot afford to start slow, so that's that's a huge loss for the Warriors. They're a team that they're a momentum team. They start to lose games at footy, it'll unravel pretty quickly. Yeah, no, that one is, of course. Sorry, I'm just going through the notes as well. The other major news um, is Josh Dugan and Matt Moylan. They're unlikely to play. They're up against South on Saturday night. Bronson Sherry battling that shoulder injury. John Morris said that he's about a 50% chance. Um, we'll know which way the Cronulla back five line up in 24 hours when Zach Bailey brings back NRL teams at 3:55 tomorrow. And just quickly in the women's game, Ali Brigginshaw did suffer a syndesmosis injury and has been sidelined for up to eight weeks, but she should be fit to play Origin on the 19th of June. And that wraps up the Chemist Warehouse Casualty Ward for round one. Hit or miss. All right. If we look at question one, gents, Darius Boyd, he's announced his retirement. Will he play at least 10 games this season, hit or miss? I say hit. Uh, 10 games, I think they'll... They owe him respect up there to to, to give him the chance to make that position his own. I just don't know about Brisbane. I didn't have Brisbane in my eight, so I don't know if Brisbane will have a good year. And if things don't go well for Brisbane, then the pressure will be on Anthony Seabold to make changes. Darius Boyd doesn't deserve to go off playing reserve grade. And I think, you know, Darius Boyd himself, and you've played with him, Seattle, he'll know if he's not playing to the standard that's needed of that Broncos team. I think he'll get through 10 games. Uh, I don't know if he'll see the whole season 
in first grade. I think he will. I think he'll relish the fact that he's made the decision now to move on in retirement at the end of the year and uh, he doesn't have the captaincy so he can just go about preparing himself to play each week and making the moves to the centres. He may even spend some time on the wing. One of the best wingers uh, in terms of that rep football that we've seen along with Brett Morris. So look, an absolute great guy. I'm happy he's made his decision now and uh, I really hope that this year he comes out and plays some, you know, uh, f great footy back to not back to where 2010 and, and those years, but certainly just some free footy to go out and enjoy it. Because you know, now that you've made that decision, it really is a weight off your shoulders. I think we might see, you know, Darius turn back the clock a little bit. The, de the defence is his key, though, right? Because there was some embarrassing. The defence is everyone's key. Yeah, though. but playing in the centre. Yeah, but mate, that's, gets that right. That's that's you know the job done. You know for what? Him. The people that have said, you know, Darius the last two years. Have a look at the, the 12 players that those players had to beat before it got to Darius, OK? Go, go back and look at some of those efforts before we, we judge a person being sidestepped. Go back... I mean, I'd hate that's to go not, back That's and not review. what I'm saying, I'm James. saying He's I'd hate to go back and back to the centres. Yeah, that's, this year. For him, it's not about attack. They just need to make, make sure that his defence is... What do you order. think is, is, is easier to defend in? Uh, when you're in a, a segment where it's left edge, right edge, because that's going to be a lot easier for Darius to be able to make decisions rather than Hopefully, the fullback yeah. when you've got team... They weren't good last year, the Broncos. No, they won't. make a lot of decisions no, on the won't. run. I'm sticking up for him. I think that uh, he'll be able to get the job done this year in the centres. It'd be nice to see, and I'm sure the Broncos would like to see him perform at his best. Before we get to the next statement for hit or miss, I... Um I caught up with Adam Blair last week at the New Zealand Warriors launch and of course he's the Māori captain for the All-Stars. I know it was last month, but take a listen to what he had to say about hosting uh, the All-Stars match in New Zealand next year. Um, I don't know, when you, when you talk about, um, <clears throat> I guess, family, culture, those must really be my, my values that I live by. I don't really talk about it too much, but when I get an opportunity, um, I try and be proud of those kind of things. You can definitely see how much it means to the Māori captain. Uh, gents, with that being said, New Zealand should host All-Stars in 2021. Hit or miss? Hit for me. I think that uh, the way that both those cultures have taken that game now the last two years, and especially with Adam Blair at the helm for the Māoris, I think that they deserve a chance uh, to be also able to show off their culture as well over there. So, And if you ask the Indigenous boys, they understand how big this game is not just for the Indigenous culture, but the Māori culture as well. So I'd love to see it go one for one. I think that's a, a good move. It's a hit. It should be there. But realistically, I don't think it will be there. I think plans are already in place from the NRL to play it uh, in Australia. But they are talking about potentially playing a game in New Zealand, moving the concept over in 2022 at the earliest. So great idea. And I think it, it's where the game actually belongs. I think they should play that there alternate years, one here, one there. But I don't think it will happen in 21. OK. Uh, last but not least, a big talking point has been whether or not the Morris brothers will be able to play out their NRL careers together at the Sydney Roosters. Brett Morris spoke to media today. Take a listen. What would it mean for you to be able to finish your careers together? Do you know something? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, look, obviously we started together. Um, you know, we've played rugby leagues our whole lives and it was a childhood dream to play rugby league um, at this level. So, um, you know, if that were to happen, yeah, it'd be pretty cool. But it's, yeah, it's not something that, as I said, I'm spending a lot of time or energy on. With that being said, the Morris brothers will be at the Roosters uh, by season's end. Hit or miss, Michael? Hit. They'll be there. Give them a few weeks. They'll sort out whatever they need to sort out salary cap-wise. And I think uh, you'll find Josh Morris is in with the reigning premiers and his brother. <laughs> That's the Jack. best giggle ever. Oh, it just brought back so many memories. <laughs> I actually sat next to Brett and... Uh, yeah, what a, what a great rugby league player, but even better bloke. Um, yeah, what was the question? 
I've lost. They'll be together just, by the end yeah, of the season. Yeah, they'll, they'll be there. They'll be there. But uh, I hope so because those guys share a really special bond, um, you know, off the field as well. So. I'd be uh, the Roosters fans wanting look Sharks fans may feel differently you know, if mm. they start the year well and he's a, a vital piece you know, it'd be hard to, to let him go but um, yeah I think they will be To be honest I don't blame Cronulla if they stand in his way like, I, I know the sen- as you said the emotion and sentiment around him playing with his A brother, lot of fans are saying that if you don't want to be there why, why keep him? Well, if he doesn't want to be there Yeah but that's not the sort of bloke he is he's not going to kick stones. No I know he's not I'm no. just saying if, he, if he's actively seeking wanting to be out and they need him Jamie they need him they've got they may not need him to play centre when Bronson and Jesse Ramian are fit, but Josh Dugan, Matt Moyle in question marks all the time, Bronson Cherry's in doubt. Like, they need Josh Morris, and until they don't, I don't blame them for not giving him up. Yeah, it'd be nice to see the brothers play out their NRL careers how they want to play out their NRL careers, but of course it is a business. Uh, Jamie, power rankings, what have you got for us in 2020, week one? Yeah, power rankings, look, uh, the Roosters are back-to-back champs, they remain number one going into this week's first round. Uh, Unfortunately for the Warriors fans, the only way is up, so they started down the bottom, but uh, every Monday we're doing the power rankings again this year, I love doing the power rankings, (laughs) I love looking forward and uh, looking at the injuries and who they're playing, all that kind of stuff, so midday every Monday, the Power Rankings will be up on NRL.com. Make sure you tune in. Of course, tomorrow, though, teams start for round one. Zach Bailey is back at the desk, coming to you with Brett Kamali and Robbie Farah. 3.55 for round one team list, so we'll have all of that info in there. But other than that, gents, that wraps up round one for us. Um, and, of course, we did talk about Darius Boyd announcing his retirement. So for us today, we're just going to take a look back at all of his highlights over his career. Until next Monday, have a good one. in the corner. We have seen that move so many times for the Brisbane Broncos. Berrigan with the ball. Out the back it comes. Boyd will get over. Boyd with the stop. Here comes Boyd. Boyd with a classic. Intercepted by Darius Boyd. Oh, what a glorious try. And Boyd has broken into the backfield. Boyd swerves, he's got him in his sights, he's over. Boyd scores. Goes to Boyd. Darius shows and goes. The ball to Darius Boyd. He'll go all the way, Boyd. Did he get it down? And how good's this? A grandstand finish from Boyd. He collects four points. Boyd through a gap. Here he goes for his third try ever. He does that for the Dragons. Boyd wraps around the back. Darius Boyd to the line and gets there. Sends it out for Boyd. There's numbers. Darius cuts through. Boyd will score. Darius Boyd got there first. Out to Boyd. Right foot step. Darius is over. Goes back in for Darius to score. The captain gets a try. 